This is the 197th QuackCast, a review of supplements, complementary, and alternative medicine, which goes by the acronym SCAMS. Oh, clever me. This one is called Science-Based Politics. I don't have much to talk about this week. Yeah, yeah, I know. How is that different than the last 196 podcasts? But nothing of real interest has crossed my screen of late, not that I've really been looking. One of my favorite stories as a kid was Ray Bradbury's All Summer in a Day. It takes place in the Oregon of my memory, a planet where there is one hour of sunshine every eight years. It is summer in the great Pacific Northwest and the outdoors and sunshine beckon. Who wants to skim the scam when there is hiking and biking and golf? Golf has become all the more interesting this year. I tend to hit the links late and we play until it gets dark. It has been a challenge not to kill the Pokemon Go players who wander the course in the sunset, roaming the gloaming, clueless as to the dangerous projectiles flying by. Those are Titleists, not Pokeballs. Once the sun goes down, it has been the convention that trumps my attention. So why not a short podcast touching on a few aspects, exploring issues and controversies in science, medicine, and politics. Zika. Zika has arrived in Florida, and there is local transmission occurring in Miami. By the way, I'm doing this on August 6th, 2016. Who knows, if you're listening to this in the future, what Zika is doing in the United States. Zika is transmitted by mosquito bites and occasionally sexual contact, and causes, among other things, microcephaly, small brains, in the fetus. The CDC has belatedly issued a travel warning for parts of Miami for pregnant women and their partners. Given that Mark Rubio is their senator, Florida has deserved a travel warning for years. The southern U.S. is prime for a mosquito-borne outbreak. Dengue and or yellow fever and or chikungunya and or Zika. With widespread disease vectors available, it is probably a matter of when, not if. I have always expected chikungunya to be first, but maybe it will be Zika, or probably, most likely, some infection we never expected. Spread of these infections will depend upon many factors, such as availability of animal, I can't say that word, such as availability of animal reservoirs. There are none for Zika, there are many for chikungunya, and perhaps air conditioning. I suspect that these infections will disproportionately affect the poor, who will have to sit outside to cool off, exposing themselves to mosquitoes. But in the right population and conditions, these viri can spread with remarkable rapidity. West Nile, for example, spread across the U.S. in a decade, and dengue and chikungunya ripped through Central Africa in just a couple years when introduced. Fortunately for the U.S., the Congress has been right on top of the problem. There was a $1.1 billion Zika spending bill that died, thanks to partisan bickering over provisions that have little to do with the stopping of the spread of infections. Other money is being diverted to fight the Zika virus, but Congress is in recess until September. Quote, we are certainly fine, probably through the end of the year, so it's not like we have to do something today, said Representative Tom Cole, Republican, Oklahoma, chairman of the House panel overseeing funding for the Centers of Disease Control and Prevention and the National Institutes of Health. So it looks like Congress wants to wait to give Zika a chance to settle in, and then we will have to wait for herd immunity to kick in 
over a few years for a temporary respite from the disease. But that seems to be the U.S. approach to infectious diseases. Wait until it is too late. And of course, no disease is without a response from hucksters. The New York Attorney General has already sent, quote, cease and desist letters to seven companies accused of deceptively marketing ineffective Zika protection products. And if you Google naturopathic treatment Zika, you will find all the usual suspects offering their treatments to cure Zika. Microencephalopathy has many manifestations. Lyme. It is the people who care who cause change. Those involved in the pseudoscientific industrial complex, either as consumers or producers, care. And because they care, they advocate for their pseudoscience. Those involved in reality-based medicine are, by and large, too busy to care, and for them, the name Shruggy was devised. We see this in the growth of integrative medicine departments across the U.S. that would have Flexner spinning in his grave. That's not a post-fracking tremor. That's just Flexner. We also see it in state legislatures, where attempts at the medical equivalent of defining pi as 3.2 continue apace. Jan Bellamy has a weekly update of this depressing and difficult situation over at the Society for Science-Based Medicine. I and others have written about Lyme and its fictional counterpart, chronic Lyme disease. There is no post-antibiotic Lyme disease amenable to antibiotic or other therapies. And chronic Lyme is often a bogus diagnosis based on unproven tests with equally bogus therapies. In the United States Northeast, the heartland of Lyme, the Massachusetts legislature overrode the governor's veto to mandate that healthcare insurers have to pay for long-term antibiotics to treat Lyme. This despite all the clinical trials that have shown antibiotics are not effective, and despite opposition from experts, reality-based practitioners like the Massachusetts Medical Society. Why? Quote, it is not the role of the legislature or the governor to determine what the appropriate course of treatment is for Lyme disease. Yes, but research has determined that long-term antibiotics do not work for Lyme. So why mandate payment? I suppose that Representative David P. Linsky, proponent of the bill, will next vote for building a wall to keep Lyme out of the state, and he'll make Borrelia pay for it. Believe me, it makes about as much sense. Add Massachusetts to the growing list of states that legitimize nonsense that we have to pay for. Greening Pseudo-Medicine The Green Party candidate for president, Jill Stein, is a physician. Internal medicine, like me. Well, not really. It would appear that her ideas about some pseudo-medical therapies are at best ill-informed and at worst explained away with weasel words that would make any politician proud. Her vaccination stance has been extensively deconstructed by a box of blinking lights over at Respectful Insolence. You do read that blog, don't you? If you don't, you should. For homeopathy, well, in the current platform for the Green Party, it states, quote, chronic conditions are often best cured by alternative medicine. We support the teaching funding, and practice of holistic health approaches and, as appropriate, the use of complementary and alternative therapies such as herbal medicines, homeopathy, naturopathy, traditional Chinese medicine, 
and other healing approaches. That first sentence, that chronic conditions are often best cured by alternative medicine, is wrong. And the second is divorced from reality. I read over the green platform, there is so much to like for someone like me, but then it has a nice sprinkling of conspiracy paranoia and a big stinky dollop of pseudo-medicine. Dr. Stein's response to her party's platform hardly inspires confidence in science-based medicine. Quote, the Green Party platform here takes an admittedly simple position on a complex issue and should be improved. No, actually, it's a simple issue. Complementary and alternative therapies such as herbal medicines, homeopathy, naturopathy, traditional Chinese medicine, and other healing approaches are fantasy. They don't work. There's no proof of efficacy. And patients should not be defrauded of their time, money, health, and life. I would think that an internist would know this. And now it turns out she's been quoted as worrying that Wi-Fi damages children's brains. Nope. One commenter suggested the Green Party may be more anti-science than Trump. I don't think so. Being anti-science requires a knowledge of science and reality, however cursory, not evidently an issue for narcissistic self-aggrandizing sociopaths. But Dr. Stein should know better. And that ends the 197th QuackCast. Go to edgydoc.com to find links to my growing multimedia empire, including my books, my blogs, my podcasts, my apps, my lions and tigers and bears, oh my. And of course, write me glowing reviews on iTunes. It actually means a lot. Talk to you next time. Bye.